get ready for the Very Visible Business Podcast with David Averin. Each week featuring a candid and raucous conversation with some of the most innovative, outspoken, and entrepreneurial business minds in the world today. This is the Very Visible Business Podcast, and here's David Averin. And welcome to the Very Visible Business Podcast. My name is David Averin, and uh, each episode we talk to somebody interesting. And it's interesting as determined by whether I find it interesting. And Frank Furness is certainly one of those people who is the most interesting on the planet. And when I say on the planet, it is because he is all over the planet. I think of myself as an international traveler. I've probably done 24 countries. I'm heading in a couple of weeks to, to Dubai and Oman. Um, Frank calls that Tuesday. You know, he, he's probably in more countries traveling around the world um, on the road, probably 75% of the time. He is my inspiration. He is my idol and a phenomenal speaker and uh, and consultant on on technology and and social media and sales and we're going to talk even more in depth i'll give you a little bit of his background before we say hi to him formally an internationally sought after motivational speaker lively enthusiastic humorous style inspired audiences around the world um, he's past president of the professional speaker association of europe uh, he has he is a Hall of Fame speaker. He has every possible honor that you can imagine. He has earned it. I knew of Frank very much so in the in the formative years of my career, though I had not had the privilege of meeting him. And about five years ago or so, Frank, is that right? About five years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah it was five years. We were in the uh, at the same conference together, speaking at the same marketing conference in Dubai. An amazing opportunity. What was great about it is we had about three or four days. I mean, normally we come to these conferences, we speak, we have the, the rubber chicken dinner, we, we, uh, we, we treat our, our clients well, we stick around for a while and sign some books and then we leave. And I had this wonderful opportunity to spend some time with Frank and a couple of other mates as well. And, uh, and so it, I've just, I've loved watching your career and, uh, and I welcome you to the program today. Hey, thanks so much, David. And can you remember the one thing about Dubai? We went out for beers that night. We ordered a jug of beer and it was a hundred dollars. hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we were, we were looking at everybody. What was funny was, you know, they, their, their police cars are Lamborghinis and all of that as well. Yeah. And, and just because we were there, doesn't mean we have that kind of money. And so, yeah, we were all out. We all just ordered a, a pitcher of beer and it came back and the bill was a hundred dollars. We're like, okay, let's make this one last. Right. You know, and then it was sort of who's going to pick up the next, the next check or something. <laughs> else but um tell us about tell us about your career tell you you certainly have a long and distinguished career um sales technology and of course technology itself has changed in such dramatic ways and how we apply it to our business talk to me about your message today talk to me about what you say, see in business what are they doing right what are they doing wrong and what do they need to do more of well i'm, I'm traveling all over the world and uh, i just love what's happening with technology because it's changing all the time and i'm always experimenting seeing what's working what's not working i mean just a, a quick little thing that happened uh, last week i did a video and i put it onto facebook which normally used to be really really good and exactly the same time i put it onto linkedin one week later uh, i think there was 90 views on facebook and 1051 on linkedin so for me, a big move now is towards LinkedIn. And uh, that's helping me with search engine optimization, a whole lot of other stuff. Yeah. And I'm also getting into sales intelligence where I can virtually go and find any list about anybody, connect with them on LinkedIn. 
start giving them some some great information and slowly but surely the gigs are coming so I'm finding for businesses, LinkedIn is the great tool to use at the moment. And of course, I always love video. Yeah, and to, but, but talk about that. We, and I want to talk about all of it because video really is where you have found such a phenomenal niche and built a phenomenal audience. But, but LinkedIn is something very interesting because it's gone through such a metamorphosis. I used to say, even in my presentations, that LinkedIn is not Facebook for business people. And now it kind of is, isn't it? I mean, originally it was the whole, the whole value proposition behind LinkedIn was to meet the people you want to meet through the people you already know. And today we're posting articles and, and, and everybody is searching everybody before you do business with them, before you hire somebody, before you contract. We look them up, don't we? And, and we have great control over what people see. Well, for me now, I'm building up lists. So one of the things I do is I sell a lot of online products. So I'm talk, uh, sort of targeting financial advisors. I do a hang of a lot in the health and fitness industry. So it's club owners. And I've actually outsourced. I've got somebody in India that works for me. And he gets me 200 leads a week. I tell him exactly which markets I want to go to. He goes, I have pre-written letters that he writes to them. And then the law of averages, maybe 20% of those come back with some comments and maybe 5% someone with something genuine. So it's almost going back to the old days of cold calling. Uh, that's what LinkedIn is doing for me now. And I find it's just a great, great tool and interaction, if I put a video or if I put an article up there, I get way more interaction than my blog, than my website, than anywhere else right now. Right. Now, are you reaching out through LinkedIn or using them to gather contact information and sending it through traditional email? No, no, I'm going through LinkedIn. So I'm giving him, let's say, health and fitness club owners. Sure. So he would go, I've given him, given him some great software to use, which is called recruiting.net. Mm -hmm. And that's the old advanced search you used to have with uh, LinkedIn. They've done away with it, but you're, you can always find an alternative. Right. He goes, he finds these people, he actually connects with them. He sends a personalized letter like it's coming from me. Um, and then they start coming back to me. Great to connect. And slowly but surely, I start that conversation, start drip feeding them some good information. Uh, and quite soon, it starts to get serious. I've, uh, I've had two conferences already from that. That's great. And the thing is, and we talk about cold calling and, and I'm not a big fan of cold calling, but I am a fan of cold connection. Uh, I mean, you have to reach out the first time. Nobody wants to be called, um, but we do a lot of cold emailing. And of course the follow up conversations and, and you want to, to be able to foster that, but you have to be creative and aggressive um, and effective in terms of reaching out to people who don't know you. And that's sort of, you know, my, my, my first book is not who you know, it's who knows you. Um, you are that person that's, that's so good. But talk to us a little, bit, a little bit about your message. When you're working with organizations, when you're speaking at conferences, consulting as well, what's your message? What's your mantra? My big thing at the moment is uh, I've gone back to doing a lot of big sales conferences. And I say every organization has three sales forces. I speak about the traditional sales force be with the way we've always met and the chemistry, but there are also moving to some of the new stuff of uh, moving from left brain to right brain selling. How do you do all of that kind of stuff? Then I speak about the second sales force, which is something you're big on at the moment, which is, uh, or you're the unrecognized. These are the people that work for you that don't realize what an impact they have on right. the customers. These could be your truck drivers, your chemists, and, uh, 
I speak about that. I have some great examples. And the third sales force is your unseen. These are the people you don't even know are looking for you. They're going to start off with a Google or a LinkedIn or a YouTube search. If you come up on the first page, if you're all about them solving their problems, you stand a great chance. So my message now with sales is you've got to get all three working in tandem if you really want to have a great organization. Right. And, and, it's, and it's an internal conversation, isn't it? It's not, in yesteryear, we grew up in a time when uh, people would say it's really about quality. It's, at the end of the day, it's about quality. If you build a better mousetrap, mm -hmm. the world will beat a path to your door, right? And today you've got a warehouse full of mousetraps. You've mm -hmm. got somebody in, people in China knocking it off for 10 cents on the dollar. It used to be about competency. Today it's about, about competitive advantage and communicating that right? We can't be passive in this. I still hear CEOs who will literally tell their organization, listen, folks, at the end of the day, this is about quality. And I, and I, and I tell them I could not disagree more. At the beginning of the day, it's about quality, right? I mean, that, that's the entry fee. But at the end of the day, it's about competitive advantage and, and communication. So, so how, do you, how do you work with them in terms of, of creating that internal conversation so that everybody does their part in, in, in raising our visibility? Well, for me, that, that whole conversation starts when I work with the organizers, uh, organizations. I say to them, what is it that makes you different or better than your competitors? And if your competitor can say it, then it's not competitive. Customer service is not competitive. How long you've been around is not competitive. Yep. And you've got to dig really, really deep. I was working with an organization in Singapore, and they do an online currency exchange. And I was working with 11 of their salespeople. And I said, what is it that makes you unique? Oh, customer service. All, no, no. The things they all Three hours we spent. And what I discovered is they've got 11 people that speak 20 languages. They have 20 websites in different languages. So a Chinese guy comes through to a Chinese website, speaks to a Chinese person, Filipino to a Filipino person. They didn't see this as unique. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Right. right. In their mind, they're so close to it. They, they just think this is how we do what we do. Right. Well, we spent three hours. We came up with 17 things that were unique. Not one was on the website. None of it was in their marketing material and none of these salespeople were speaking about it. Right. Well, what's interesting, I was, I was reading a new book. There's a, um, I can't remember the author. I, I apologize for it. It's called More is More. And it talked about sort of this growing commoditization that we know that commodity is, is rules the day today. Everything is available everywhere online and otherwise. But, but the author made a really interesting point about the commoditization of language. We may have some remarkable things within our organization, but if we talk about the same things, our quality, commitment, caring, trust, people, customer service, it's all crap. Not that it's unimportant, but everybody says it. Absolutely. And when everybody says it in the minds of the consumer, you are commodity. And then we're just hammering you on price. Yeah. And everybody has similar kinds of products, similar kind of price. Sure. <laughs> so what is it that really makes you unique? And also, how do you develop those incredible connections? And with sales intelligence now, I can go in, I can see the person I'm going to go and see. I, I check everything out. And when I go and see them, I have something concrete to talk about that's of interest to them. The old days of, uh, what's your name? Tell me a little bit about your company. Let me show right. you a product is dead. Right. Well, and the old days, and here's where I think what you're saying is so important for organizations as well, is, and, and Sam Richter, our colleague Sam Richter talks about this well in terms of knowing more before you go and approach them. Because we used to do the data dump, right? We talk about features and benefits and here's what, well, everybody's got those things. But the more information you have before you talk to that prospect and can really tailor that message, tailor that approach, um, 
then you can stand out from everybody else who is doing the data dump and talking about their features and benefits. Once again, not that those things are, are unimportant. It's just standard, especially yeah. today. And, and again, today it is about those relationships and that's what you can do on LinkedIn, put out great information. That's, they see you as someone that knows what they're talking about, an expert. And most companies now will do their homework before that phone call even comes through. They are checking yep. you out. You're not checking them out. Right. Everybody's checking everybody. I ask audiences, I talk about, I say, how many of you will go online, <clears throat> excuse me, and, um, and search a candidate before you make a final hiring decision? And of course, every hand in the room goes up. I'm like, you're crazy if you don't, right? Yeah. Everything is there and it's available. So the smart, savvy salespeople, organizations, um, will use these resources to do that kind of market intelligence. How do you, how do you teach that to, to them? I, clearly, you do that well for yourself. How do you help other organizations do that as well? Well, uh, I, go, I do a tour of Australia every year, and this year I was going out there, and I thought, let me do some homework before I actually go out there. And let's say I was new in Perth, a lot of oil and gas around there, where would I start? And again, using a bit of sales intelligence there, I went in, did some advanced searches and came up with some lists of people. I came up with one list of 200 CEOs in the oil and gas industry. Uh, I was working with one company over there and they do, they cut down trees, big, big contracts. And they'd actually put in a bid for a, a tender or they were getting ready to do it. And again, we did a few searches and I came up with the actual company that was putting out the bid and they said, yes, five things that'll get you the contract. And this company was blown away. So now we changed everything. They went in and they got the contract, which was worth a couple of million. Yeah. So it's about connecting. It's about doing your homework and being different. Well, and, and, it's, and it's giving them what they want. And you don't know until you do that kind of research as well. Um, it's uh, Jim Cathcart, our colleague, talks about this, right? It's the difference between the golden rule and the platinum rule. Of course, the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Treat them like you want to be treated. And the platinum rule says do unto others as they would have done. How do they want to be treated? Um, but, it, but it works the same uh, with, with contracting as well. If you can get some insight into those aspects that they're really, really looking for, you can tailor that on the front end. And so that's yeah. been sort of a mark of your success. Tell me a little bit about, about your travels. Tell me about your, uh, how often are you on the road? How many countries have you spoken in? So it's uh, 62 now. So it was 59 for a long time, but uh, this year has come up quite a few and I've had some great gigs this year. Uh, I just recently did a cruise from Rome to Barcelona, health and fitness conference. Uh, but uh, it was one club owner that had 300 clubs. It was 50 club owners I was speaking to, but 500 personal trainers, which wow. was a tough gig for me to watch all of these people walking around the boat the whole day doing exercises. Right. Uh, that's when you start feeling your age a little bit, right? I know. It's like, who's this old guy coming to speak to us about technology? You in know? The, yeah, in the fitness industry. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that too. And then uh, I did a, another great one in Oslo, another big one for the fitness industry. That was brilliant. And uh, just come back, last week I was in Gibraltar. Now, that's a, a strange little country. Only 30,000 people over there, but huge potential for work because every big gaming company, every betting company, every insurance company has right. their headquarters there. So I was there in April. I did three gigs and from that picked up another three that I had last week. And I've just picked up a whole lot more. So it's places you don't even think about, tiny little countries like that that have so much potential to go into. 
Um, but like you, I'm, I'm always marketing because for any organization, I just say, if you're not in front of the people, they're going to forget you very quickly because your competitors will be there. So right. the traveling is great. Um, I'll, be in my, uh, I'll be in my place in Orlando in two weeks' time, and I'm actually speaking at the Green Bay Packers Stadium. I've never been there. Oh, fun. There in a few the weeks. frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. That's it. Yeah, Lambeau Field. Yeah, that that's is. the one. That's great. Well, listen, I, I, people can hear your accent, and clearly it's not Orlando, and it's not even it's, – it's South African, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So I grew up in South Africa. My dad was a miner, and uh, when, we, when I was nine years old, we had a disaster. We had to move out of our house due to a huge sinkhole. And at the age of 48, my dad started up a tiny little mining wholesale company, which grew to one of the biggest. So I think I learned a lot about selling from him. He was just passionate about what he did. He'd be working 18 hours a day, not because he had to, but because he loved what he was doing. Right. And so where, where are you based? Uh, where do you have homes and how many days a year are you on the road? So I live between, I've got a home in London where I am at the moment. Uh, I've got one in Orlando and I've got one in Spain. I've spent a lot of time in Spain. Absolutely love it. And it's just a, a two hour hop for me over there. So I spend my time between the three places. Um, I don't spend much time at home. I actually love traveling. I, I'm different to most people. I actually get excited when I go into an airport, you know, when I get onto an airplane. I, I really get excited, fall asleep as soon as I'm on there. And, uh, I was going to say, I do. I, do. I, have an, I, I have the intention of working, Frank. I have so much I intend to do. I get on the plane and, 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 and I'm immediately asleep, which... I'm the same. I've never worked on a plane. I just can't do that because to me, a plane is a fun thing. I get on there, watch a movie, have a few whiskeys and, and fall asleep. Um, how many days a year are, are you out, out on the road? I reckon 100 to 150 days. Yeah, that's great. It's, it, and, and how many years have you been doing this? Because I, I will tell you once again, I'm, I'm about 20 years into, into the speaking world, the consulting, um, and you were a legend when I started. And, uh, and it's been a pleasure to get to know you as a friend, but I, I knew you as, as a legend before, you know, just as I started in this game in, in you know, 20 years ago. Well, the funny thing is I started about 20 years ago as well. I always used to be good in sales. Uh, we were speaking about Million Dollar Roundtable. Well, I qualified many times for Million Dollar Roundtable, top of the table. Um, and right now I'm a partner. We've got a, a financial services company in London. Yeah, we have about 20 people. And what they earn is maybe 10 to 20 times more than the average person in the industry because we're doing all kinds of different things for them. We provide them with great leads. We have a huge online presence. Uh, so we're feeding them a, a lot of leads. And most insurance companies are still living in the dark ages. Well, a lot of businesses out there, traditional kind of businesses, are still living in the dark ages. And the ones that have caught on to technology and the new world of sales are doing fantastically we see it in the UK. A lot of companies are closing down now, the old traditional type of companies. Right. But, but talk to me. So this is where I think you can offer some great insight for our viewers and our listeners is talk to me about the shift. Talk to me over the last 20 years, um, because even talking technology five years ago is different than talking technology today. And others will talk about how it impacts millennials and, and how they're oriented in short attention span. But you talk about it in terms of accessing these resources and technology to help grow organizations, to help grow sales? Well, I think you've got to actually be where your customers are. So when I go in and I work with organizations, I say to them, what do you got on social media? Oh, we've got this, we've got everything. And I say, well, do your clients hang out there? 
No, well, what are you doing? Wasting your time. Right. Actually ask your customers where they hang out. What kind of information do they want? How often do they want it? Do they want a newsletter? They will tell you, and then you put your marketing campaign, you build your marketing campaign around what they want, not what you think they want. So I'm working with a lot of law firms now, and I love the technology we're using at the moment, Zoom. I'm running a lot of training courses from my home over here with companies all over the world, which is great because they don't have to pay an airfare. I don't have to leave my home, but I can be accessing. There could be 100, 200 people. I just did a huge conference the other day, and it was in about 15 countries, and each hall had about 500 people in. I didn't realize how big it was uh, until it was over. But that's and, you what and you presented that virtually to all of those audiences at once? Yeah, did that virtually. We, uh, where I see a gang, I do a lot of work in the health and fitness industry, and there's a big move there as well. I've done two virtual conferences there where we actually go into a huge green screen television studio. There's only an audience of maybe 50 or 60 people, four presenters, but you'll have clubs all over the world, hundreds of clubs that are paying to watch the virtual presentations for that day. They could be in China, Australia. They're paying a fee. We're getting a fee, and it's a win-win because they are now accessing information in their own time. For this, let's talk about that, that shift a little bit because you can use that kind of a virtual presentation for a couple of different things. And I've seen people do it just to save the cost of flying in the speaker, but you actually, it's actually flipped the other way. The cost of bringing in club owners from around the world to be able to really efficiently and effectively, there's people, a lot of people like sort of technology for the sake of technology. Technology, because look, isn't it cool that we can do this? No, this is actually very, very effective in reaching dispersed organizations throughout the country, throughout the world? I mean, there's just so much you can do. And, and companies, most companies have never heard of Zoom or some of the other things that we're using right now. You and I just, right. you know, we're using it every day. It's, and, and for them, it's like, wow, this is amazing stuff. Uh, when I talk to them about, I do um, some e-shots as well. A great little story. I did a, a mail shot to CEOs in the Middle East a few years ago. And again, the law of averages I ended up getting onto Dubai FM, which I've always wanted to do. But I also ended up speaking to the crown prince of Abu Dhabi purely by just getting information out there all the time. So I work with my guy in India. I've given him a whole lot of content. We've got to still create the content, but he gets it right. out onto so many platforms because people access it in different ways. So for me, it's how do we use the technology to reach out to people then get them to like us, get them to trust us, and from there, the business is going to follow. Well, you know, the, the title of this podcast is The Very Visible Business, and I was looking for something to sort of encapsulate all the things. I talk about marketing, I talk about customer experience, but, but even as I'm talking to other um, world leaders and business leaders and, and leaders of industry through this podcast and through my other conversations, everything sort of comes back to how do we raise our profile so that those who don't know us know us? And even in my business, because we do a lot of outbound marketing um, and, and sales as well, is that half of my gigs, half of my speaking gigs come from organizations who had no idea who I was before we reached out to them. And so it, it, it is, it's a new world in some ways, and it's somewhat coming back to that traditional model of what we need to do to, um, to promote and to raise our visibility. And, and how are you seeing technology 
um, is fostering that today? How are we doing it differently than we were doing it 10 years ago? Uh, well, again, we've got all of the tools and the resources that we can use right now. So again, like what Sam speaks about, that whole Sam intelli- uh, the sales intelligence. Sure. You can find out who your target market is. You can then go after that target market. You can then connect with them on LinkedIn. You can be giving them information, feeding them stuff. And I'm, I'm also huge on video because for me, getting most people nowadays, if they're looking for something, they're going to do a Google search. Right. So you've got to come up on the first page. And if anyone types in sales technology speaker, I own the first page because I've taken that term and I put it into every bit of marketing that I do. And again, if you're watching this, just type in sales technology speaker. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. I'll be up on that first page. I don't know how Google works, but all I know is they're looking for social presence. So you've got to get your message out there. And uh, I use a thing as well uh, called create once, publish everywhere. Because most people say to me, where do I get information? You don't need to have that much information. It doesn't matter what your business is. You're going to get asked, commonly asked questions. You know, how long does this delivery take? What do I do? What's... So all you need to do is take any of those pieces of information. You can create an article. That article can go onto your blog. It can go onto your website. It can go onto article websites. You can turn it into a podcast. What we're doing right now, you can turn it into a video. That video goes onto LinkedIn. It goes onto YouTube. It goes onto Vimeo. It goes onto all of the other sites, Facebook. So one piece of information can go all over the place. And, and that's my big thing is creating content and getting it out there, that, that whole visibility that you speak about, because otherwise your company can be the world's best kept secret. They can have the best product. Right. And, and you still hear organizations and leaders saying that, listen, we're the best kept secret. That is not something to brag about. No, you know? in today's I mean, age. In today's age, if you want people to find you, you have to be findable. And the things that you're talking about and the, and the, the speed at which you talk about it, Frank, is overwhelming to so many people. But the reality is, there are people who know how to do this. There are software packages who will help you do this. But the reality of creating content, I'm so on the same page, of creating content and making sure it's out there and that you are findable. There's a funny old line about, about Google and saying, when somebody says, you know, the best place to hide a dead body, do you know where to hide a dead body? Page two of Google. Nobody will ever find it. Because nobody, nobody, right? nobody ever goes past page <laughs> one. But the other thing is, the other thing you were right was, in terms of where does your audience look for information your google but for me also because because i don't do as much in terms of the information products i've got books but but i speak it's what i do and my clients um and many for both of us well they find us on youtube and of course google is the number one search engine in the world the number two search engine is youtube and so like you if you go search marketing speaker on youtube search best marketing speaker search top marketing speaker i'm two of the top three spots always that's not inadvertent. It's not that we, you and I look at it and go, oh, how nice. This is our livelihood. This is what we do. If we are espousing this, we better damn well be living it ourselves. Or why should anybody listen to us if we don't know what we're doing ourselves? And what I like what you're saying in terms of not only we're we using technology for that research and that sales intelligence, but then we're using it for the initial connection, right? Then we're using it for the follow-up and for the outreach. And it's not just the, the futurists, the prognosticators that we're never going to have human contact. It's that we have so many great tools available and you model that as, as much as you preach it. 
And that's one of the things that gives you legitimacy in the marketplace. And, and there's such great tools now, like video emails, bomb bomb and, and co video. That I kind use, of I thing. Bomb bomb, yeah. They, they're just brilliant. And like you, uh, I make a lot of videos because with a video, you can put in way more than any writing than anything else because you can bring in emotion. You can tell stories, all the things we do. And uh, I've, I've actually turned my garage in Orlando into a green screen studio. So yeah. I go in and I have content creation days. And I say to people, have content creation days. You're not going to come in Monday and say, I'm going to make a video. You'll find every excuse to be busy not to do it. I go in and uh, the most I've made is 52 videos in one day. But the preparation time was two months for those two videos. Sure. And the post-production will be maybe another two months. But then I've got a year's worth of content that I can be feeding out there on every platform. Yeah. And like you've said with Marketing Speaker, if you just get your keywords in the title, the description, and the tags, you'll be up on the first page of YouTube. And of course, Google owns YouTube, so that gets you onto the first page of Google. Yeah, you know what, the, 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 the tools that we use, and once again, I think people sometimes get overwhelmed. I, I, I think, you know who some of the biggest losers are in this new economy and the big shift? The biggest losers are, are standard video production companies because they're dying because we have high definition cameras on our phones. And if you've got a green screen, that's great. But you do just as much out in the field. When we were in Dubai together some years back, you grab your phone and said, hey, quick, let me do a quick interview. And you're like, hi, I'm here with David Averin and we're here in Dubai and you interviewed me. There, there are studies out that are talking about the, the authenticity and the legitimacy of handheld video. In our time, when you and I grew up, that was amateurish. You didn't do a jump cut. You didn't do handheld. You had to have a good tripod. Today, it's just the opposite. The authenticity is it wasn't staged. It was real. It was live. It's what we talk about with Facebook Live and everything else. Um, people just shouldn't be afraid to get out there and share their wisdom, talk to somebody. Um, and also, you know, here's my other, my other big line is if you want people to be interested, you have to be interesting. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, and with the, the big thing now is live streaming video. You know, I'm the gadget man. You want to see a cool little gadget that I just bought recently. Let me just grab it here. Go grab it. It's okay. We're, we're, we're watching. We're listening. I will fill up this, this dead air. All right, so what'd you grab? Okay, that is very cool. What is that? This is my latest little tripod -y thing, yeah? So for and, those who uh, are just listening on audio, why don't you describe what you have? So what I have over here is with live streaming video, I can put on three phones. So I have one phone there, one phone, one phone there. It's got lighting built into it. Uh, let's just switch that off, otherwise I'll blind the viewers. No, it's all right. So I've got three phones going over there. And if I'm doing a live broadcast, that one's going out onto Facebook, that one's going onto YouTube, and that one is going out onto uh, uh, Twitter. So for so, those who are listening, let me describe this. It's, it's a tripod with sort of three different elements at the very top. There, there's two round... Um, lights that you can put a phone uh, in the middle of it so that there's a uh, the light around the outside. There's one in the middle as well with clips for phones. So you're basically, it's your own mobile studio with lighting and being recorded. And so do you go, how do, how do you use that, Frank? So I've just got the three different phones that I'll set up there. It's on a tripod and I'm going to go out and do my live broadcast just set up all three phones and they're all going on to different live things. So that will be Facebook, that one will be YouTube, uh, and that one will be going out onto Twitter. And uh, 
So I'm doing that one message, but it's going out live on three different platforms at the same time. Uh, that's brilliant. I mean, I think what people traditionally would do is record it, and then you can just upload it to the different ones. But there's something about, talk to me about, about live video, because that's something that's very foreign and certainly daunting for a lot of people, the whole idea of live video. How have you found that effective? What are the best vehicles and mechanisms to make that work for your business? So technically, I mean, I'm sitting in the office at the moment. That's my microphone over here. So I've got a really professional microphone. Right. But I've got another cool little thing over here. I'm going to see if I can pull this down. Now, this over here is another little tool that I've bought for live streaming video. If I want to do it at home, what I do is I'll just clip my phone in there. I'll bring this down. So again, for your viewers, what this is, something I've got built into my desk. Over there, I've got my phone that I'll be speaking into Here's the microphone over here. This is the plug that clips into the phone. I'm sitting in front of my desk and I've got everything. I've got the lighting. Uh, what I've got behind me over here as well is a foldable black or white screen or even green screen if I need it. Right. Clip it up onto the ceiling, do all of my stuff. As soon as I'm finished, unclip it and I've got my office back to normal again. So I've almost got a portable studio, but it's buying these right kind of tools and uh, of course, everybody loves live streaming now because it is the right now. It's happening right now. And that's what they want is current. They want live. And there's so many different things you can do on the live streaming. Uh, I've got a friend who's a health and fitness trainer. And the thing about live streaming is almost doing it on a regular basis. Right. So he started out by doing, uh, he's like the get thin kind of guy. And his first day, he had two people. Now, most people will give up after that. The next day, he had five. He now has 5,000 people every morning, but he does it every morning at 7 o'clock. <clears throat> and all he speaks about is how to stay slim, how to lose weight. So, of course, he's got a great topic he's speaking about. Sure. But he's now got this massive following. And after that, he can sell them all kinds of products or services. So, but but here's, a, here's a bigger question. And I think you are, are maybe – uniquely qualified to answer it. How do people get over that, that trepidation? I mean, you and I, you and I speak on stage all the time. So, I mean, we're, we're fine live because everything we do is live in front of an audience, but you know that people just freak out at the idea. You put a camera in for, you put a phone in front of them saying, Hey, would you give me a quick testimonial? And they're, 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 they're tongue tied. They're, they're like, Oh, sorry, that, that was horrible. Um, I don't, I'm not good on camera. And I, and I, and I right. And they get very, very nervous about all that. This is daunting for a lot of people. The idea of doing this live, even that the podcast that I'm doing here, I'm never going to, I don't edit these, you know, whatever we talk about is what we talk about because there's something really authentic. How do you get people over that, that trepidation? They feel they need to be scripted. They can't do something live. Um, what's your advice to them? And again, it's that fear. I worked once with a, a CEO, pretty ruthless, tough CEO, uh, put him in front of the camera just to get a video testimonial and he fell apart, this tough guy. You know, he was absolutely terrified. And again, I say to people, it's, it's just practice. You've got to just, the great thing about doing a camera or doing a shoot is you don't have to go live firstly, just practice. And if you get it wrong, you start again. Right, great idea. Comfortable. Just imagine you're sitting speaking to somebody over there or imagine an audience or clients that you want to sell to sitting in front of you. Just have that same kind of enthusiasm just speak naturally, and I can't speak from a scripted kind of thing. It just doesn't yeah, work. I, I, I can't either. I can't either. Yeah, you and I are so similar. It's, it's got to come from the heart, but it's, it's like anything. When I look back at the first videos I made when, when YouTube just started, 
I cringe. They've got 500,000 views, and I'm thinking, how horrible is that? It's all blurred. The sound is horrible. And yet, because the content is good, it still has great, great traction. Here's here's what what I tell tell people. I say, say, do you ever get nervous when the phone rings? And they they say, what do you mean? I said, do you ever get nervous when you pick up the phone because you don't know what you're going to say? And they laugh, and they go, no. I said, then make this a conversation like you're on the phone. Because we have, we have conversations with people all the time with no scripts, with no rehearsal. The phone rings all the time. We have conversations. There's something about, in some people's minds, the permanence of this. But I try and get them in that mindset of just have a conversation with somebody. And, and, and that's you and I as well. We know that there's, there's thousands and hopefully at some point tens of thousands who might be listening to this. But my conversation is with you. My conversation is, is as, as a friend, as a fan, um, as, as, a, as an inquisitive kind of a person to just be able to make it authentic. But live video for people, that's so many people, it's daunting. But it can be very effective, can't it? And, and what I also say is speak as if you're speaking to one person, because we stand up, we present in front of hundreds of people. You don't do that on camera. If you're on camera, just imagine there's one person in front of you. And that's with any social media. If you're writing an article, one person's reading it. Uh, if you're doing a video, one person is watching it. So don't just say, we have produced this great product. Rather say, um, you may be looking for a kind of tire that's going to fit onto your truck and what we'd like to do is show you how it's going to help you and everything is going to be about you rather than me, 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 us, us, us. If you think in terms of the client and, and just relax and be comfortable and go into your normal speaking mode, if you screw up, so what? You start again. Right. And, and it's just yeah. practice. It's like I, the first time we got on a bike. Practice. Yeah, I think the practice, doing the recorded stuff practice. I tell people when I'm holding up, because I'm, I'm a big ad- advocate for this and I learned some of this from you as well in terms of, um, video testimonials, people who love what you do. Yesteryear, it was a written testimonial. So-and-so, so great to work with them. They were Now they're on camera going, oh my God, these guys were unbelievable. This was my favorite, this, whatever else. So when somebody has a great experience um, within their business, I tell them, and somebody gives them a great compliment, listen, this was awesome. You guys were terrific to work with. Grab your phone and say, would you say that again? Right, And I, what I tell people to sort of get them over those nerves, I say, listen, if it sucks, we'll just do it over again. Or if it sucks, I won't use it. And then they sort of relax again. I said, just talk right here. Just talk to me. And they want, they want to give you a speech and everything else. Anyway, I, I, I think we've covered that. Tell me, what's, what's coming up next? What's next for you? What do you think is, is coming up next in terms of, of technology that will keep you busy for another 10 years? Uh, again, I think video is the biggest thing that's happening. I see new platforms happening all the time. Um, I saw just a, a brand new platform yesterday that's come up for video emails. And what happens? New technologies happen all the time. And they come in pretty cheaply. They hook the people in and then they start charging them. So I'm always looking at the latest technologies. What I'd also say to people is go to a place called JVZoo and sign up there. Because as soon as any new software or technology comes out, that's where they actually sell it at a discounted rate. So I bought pieces of software for $29 that three months later are selling for $150 a month recurring. So please take a look at either the Warrior Forum or JV Zoo, and they will tell you all of the, the latest incredible software. I buy a ton of software that, that just makes my whole life easy for me. Yep. Um, there's just brilliant stuff out there. And again, if anyone wants to know about some of the software things I use, just drop me an email, frank at frankfurnace.com. Um, just, you know, just sitting in an office, all of the things we've got in front of us. Right. 
It's so easy to do. Well, and just people can't see off to the right here. I've got a big white screen set up. I've got all the, all, all the lights and everything else for when I do my customer experience, my marketing videos and everything as well. So it's, it's JV Zoo and it's Warrior Forum. Warrior Forum. And then yeah. Frank, Frank at frankfurness.com um, will spell that. It's uh, Frank, you know, but it's F-U-R-N-E-S-S. Um, all right. So listen, um, it's so great catching up with you. Um, I always end these with a quick little lightning round, quick questions, quick answers. All right, Frank, right. What's the most, what do you think the most um, underappreciated technology? Where's a real opportunity that people just don't get it yet? And again, this is going to sound funny, but LinkedIn, because it's the third biggest search engine now. If you yeah. optimize your profile, you get onto the first page of Google. Try it. Yeah. What, what do you think is the most disturbing trend right now we're seeing in the world and in, in technology and in, in cultures? A thing that really disturbs me is places like Facebook that used to be great for connection and being with people. Uh, and now it's just all about sales and all about them. So that disturbs me because it's moved away from what originally it was meant for, uh, and it's now just become a sales vehicle. Um, but also some of the things that can be dangerous are these review sites, and you've got to be monitoring everything that's happening. If somebody does a review for you, get straight back and sort it. Otherwise, it can do massive damage to your business. Right, and, and it stays forever. Absolutely. Right. I, I tell my kids, and, and it's this horrible cynical thing to say, but I, I tell myself, you know the difference between love and the internet? The no. internet is the internet is forever. <laughs> it's, it's, a horribly, it's a horrible thing to say to your kids, but it's so, so very, very true. Um, what are you going to be doing 10 years from now? Well, I, I already, I, I love uh, the lifestyle that I love. Hopefully I'm going to be doing the same kind of thing. Uh, I just bought my dream car for myself the other day. I've reached an age where I wanted that. Uh, I still love traveling. Well, you got to tell us what that is. You can't just leave us. Yeah, yeah. I bought myself a Bentley Flying Spur, which is just like the most magnificent car I've ever been in. Was, I've always dreamt about it, and I've got it now. You know. And, where, and where, which house do you have it parked at? I've got that in London. Okay. So I've got that at my London house, and it's, it's nine miles to the gallon, so it's not a car you're going down to the shops with every day. Right. And, but, but, uh, but listen, if you're going to have a Bentley, you got to have the steering wheel on the right. I'm just saying, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. All right, what's and, the, what, uh, sorry, we're, just, we're jumping through. What, what's, the, um, what's, your, what's your favorite place to visit? All the places you go in the world, what's your favorite? So there's a couple of places, Cape Town, um, Sydney. I love Sydney. I love Sydney. Too. And my favorite beach in the world is Koh Samui in Thailand. Go there twice a year. Where is that? I think people know, they know Phuket. I think they know Phuket because of, of the, the, uh, the tsunami, right? Yeah, so many Phuket's people haven't okay, had the but it's, it's a bit seedy and it's uh, not that great. Uh, Koh Samui, it's got the most fantastic airport in the world, open air airport. Massages are $10. You can buy a lunch on the beach for a dollar. Uh, it's just a magnificent, magnificent place to stay. Okay, we need to find a time for us to connect and meet there. Actually, I'm looking forward. To, we have to find some other time where we're going to be on the same platform. I think maybe it's recommending each other. We know we're doing a conference. We're like the uh, we're like the band where we're all playing at a club somewhere on Friday, and except we're all at a different club. 
So when we have a chance to hook up in a particular country or see each other at the airports, it is, that is the great, the great thrill for us. And we get to do it from time to time. So people want to get in touch with you, learn more about you, hire you to come and present for their organization. How do they find you? So again, the easiest is going to be drop me an email, frank at frankfurness.com. I'd love to come and speak at your conference, uh, do even Zoom calls with you. And also take a look at my latest. It's taken me two years, my online course on everything that we're speaking about, uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, the whole lot, 185 videos and 12 eBooks. Drop me an email and I'll tell you, I'll send you all the links to that product, which is just, just launched. Outstanding. And they can also search you online, Frank. Furness, F-U-R-N-E-S-S. What a, uh, a treat it was to see you again. Uh, a lot of people do the, the audio podcast. Most people are listening audio, but I love that we do it in video as well so that we can see each other face to face. We're always on the other side of the planet, but my friend, I hope we find a chance to be together again at the same conference and share a $100 pitcher of beer just, just for old time's sakes. We'll each have one. How about that? There you go. <laughs> Even better. Thanks for joining us here on the Very Visible Business Podcast. My name is David Avern. You can always look me up at visibilityinternational.com. Be sure to click below and subscribe and, um, and listen to the other episodes. We'll see you soon. For past and future episodes, be sure to subscribe at theveryvisiblebusiness.com. You can also learn more about David Avern's keynote speaking and consulting at visibilityinternational.com. Connect with us on social media and check out David Averin's latest book, Visibility Marketing at Amazon.com. This has been the Very Visible Business Podcast with David Averin. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Dot com.